Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your presence here tonight, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We open our hearts. We open our minds, Lord Jesus. We open everything that we are to you, Lord Jesus, tonight. I pray, Lord Jesus, for all that you're doing in Bridge Church and then everyone that is here tonight, Lord Jesus. Impart them with something new tonight, Lord Jesus. New strength, new peace, new wisdom. Let there be healing in their hearts, healing in their families, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord Jesus, over this church right now. We thank you, Lord Jesus. In your precious son's name, Lord Jesus, amen. 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 Wow. Thank you, worship team. That, you guys are so blessed. So thank you all. I love it. You guys are amazing. So some of you might not know who I am. <laughs> so first, before we get on with it, I'll let you take a seat. And I want to introduce myself. I am Christy Bataraco. I am from Covenant Lake Havasu. My husband and I are assistant pastors to Pastor Joe and Rhonda Merrill, Landon's parents. Um, we have been there for about 12 years. So, and we really want to say, though, that our claim to fame is being Allie's parents. So, <laughs> so yes, I am Allie's mom. So I'm so excited to be here tonight. I'm humbled and honored. And when Allie asked me, I said, really? <laughs> so um, I believe that God has given me a really special word for all of you tonight for Bridge Church. Um, I actually had another word that I was working on all week. And yesterday in prayer, God said, let's do something new with Bridge. I have a word for Bridge. So um, I really believe that um, this is a special word tonight for you guys. It's all from Jesus. I'm just the messenger. So, um, but I love Wednesday nights. We love Wednesday nights back home. And um, what Omar was saying was perfect. I actually have almost word for word. It was confirmation in my notes that um, the way God designed this journey of is not just like, Okay, he saves us, sets us free, and then leaves us on our own to figure it out. He's given us family and community. We just have to walk into it and be a part of it. We can find the word of God spoken and taught and be filled up every week and with small groups and everything that you guys have going on. There are so many things that can lead you and guide you further into your relationship with God and each other. So, um... And one thing that I was going to make note of is the next generation, like you guys have an amazing ministry of children here and youth here, and it is, yeah, it is so important to get connected. I really believe in that. We were just at the wedding of a girl that became like our, it makes me emotional, adopted daughter when we joined the church, and her and Allie were about 12 years old, and we were just at her wedding, and all the girls are still best friends. They, we've been through high school graduations, college graduations, engagements, now marriages, pregnancies. Like There are so many exciting things happening. And when you invest in a community and invest in relationships with like-minded people, you get this blessing of seeing these godly kids. So, And the interesting thing is it's not all perfect. We know raising teenagers and young adults isn't perfect. We've been through some ugly and hard stuff with each other and with our kids, but 
to have that support and those prayers, you know, it's just amazing. So, so that leads me, I joke because I'm so bad at transitions that I, in Havasu, I say, like, I'm transitioning now, just so you know, like transitioning because I don't know how to like transition from one thought to the next. Um, so even when Allie was like, you're just going to walk up there and start praying, I was like, oh, I have to transition from worship to, you know, but, um, and I also talk fast and talk quickly, so we also know we'll all be home by 8 o'clock tonight. <laughs> so I get like to get right to the point, but my title tonight is Open Heart Surgery. Has anyone ever had their heart broken ever said, I'm never letting that happen to me again. I'm never going to forget this kind of hurt, this kind of pain, and it's just easier to shut yourself down. But we know that God doesn't work that way. That God has created our hearts perfectly, not to be stuck in the past, not to be stuck in unforgiveness. God needs us to have hearts that are open and that move his kingdom forward. So tonight, I want to encourage you in that, that everything you have in this season is because God wants you to do more with it. And that includes your heart. He's created your heart perfectly, and he wants, with a few simple things we're going to look at tonight, we want to go to a new level. We want to get some clarity, some encouragement. We want to lead others towards Jesus. Because the, the Bible says, out of the mouth, the heart speaks. So what's in your heart is going to come out. So is that going to lead people towards Jesus or lead them away from Jesus? So right now, I just want, pray with me real quickly that we open our hearts. I pray, Lord Jesus, right now, let's just take a moment here to open our hearts to open our minds to the word. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you're speaking into everyone tonight. I thank you, Lord Jesus, because each person here tonight is here by divine appointment. They are here to receive something new. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. I'm going to take a drink. But I want you to picture a neighborhood real quick. And if you have to close your eyes, that's fine. I want you to pretend you're standing on a sidewalk and you're looking at two houses. And one of them is dark. The lights are off. It doesn't really look like anybody's home. The curtains are drawn. The door is shut. But next door, there's a porch light on. You can kind of hear some music, some laughter. You can hear life. One of those two homes is going to represent you in the kingdom of God. As Christians, we have to be a home that's welcoming, that's open, that's a beacon to others. I want you to keep these images in mind as we go along tonight, because the image of the home is going to come up again. And tonight, we're going to talk about three principles regarding the care of our hearts. So first, what is our heart according to scripture? God designed your physical heart and placed it almost in the center of our bodies, right? It's where life begins and where life ends, with the starting and stopping of our heart. But he also designed our spiritual hearts. And 
It is the origin of everything that we do and that we speak. The Hebrew word for heart is labab. I'm not sure I didn't say that right, but L-E-B-A-B. It's the center of all physical and spiritual life. That's the meaning in Hebrew. The Greek word for heart is cardia, and that means the middle of your thoughts and feelings. Both of these words used for heart mean center and feelings, thoughts, all. Physical, spiritual, thoughts, feelings, all. Well, the cool thing is the words, these words for heart are mentioned over a thousand times in the Bible. More than any other word in the Bible. Clearly, God is concerned with the condition of our hearts. God created in us a perfect heart by his design, and he tells us through scripture how to care for it. He tells us to guard it. He tells us to not let our hearts be troubled. He tells us to let him examine our hearts, and he tells us he's close to the brokenhearted. Now, this is a journey, the healing of the heart, that I've walked out. And I've walked it out more than once. (laughs) And we all will because we live in this world full of sin and we're not perfect. And I'm pretty transparent about sharing my story. When I met my husband, Jay, um, I had been through my parents' divorce, an abusive relationship. Um, My brother was addicted to drugs. My own divorce, custody battles. And when I met him, I had two little girls and was a mess. (laughs) Um, I was broken. I was untrusting. I was fearful. I was angry. And that's all what I brought into a new relationship. He brought drugs and alcohol, so we were a hot mess. (laughs) It was, oh, so much fun. But that's his testimony, and he'll be here in a few weeks. (laughs) Um, But honestly, I didn't want to do any dig, 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 Deep deep digging. I was in love and thought, he's good to me, he's good to the girls, let's just move on. Like, right? You know, when you think you've found it and you think you're doing good, it's kind of like, okay, I can do this now, let's move on. Didn't want to dig deep. Put the past behind me. Well, that's all well and good until real life issues start coming up, right? Money issues. Kid issues, we had two kids instantly in the family. We're a blended family. So whatever, whenever there was an issue and we had words, the first words out of my mouth were, I know you want to leave. Everybody leaves me. You want to leave too. Do you want a divorce? Like every time out of my mouth was coming all the hurts, the fears, the insecurities. My heart was still broken, and I didn't even know it. I just thought you went from one experience to another and could keep moving on. And that time would heal all wounds, right? Time doesn't heal all wounds. God does. I had never addressed fear, insecurity, anxiety, abandonment. I had never dug deep. And we all know that hurt people hurt people, right? So I was hurting my family, hurting my new husband, hurting my children because I was still carrying around this anger. And so we decided to start fresh and move from California to Lake Havasu about 18 years ago. And what I learned was wherever you go, there you are, right? (laughs) You can't escape your own heart. (laughs) So 12 years ago when we walked into Covenant Church, Landon's parents' church, we were ready for something different. 
we had moved to Lake Havasu. We had been there for a little while, hadn't connected with the best of people yet, so we were ready for change. Our girls were getting close to the middle school years now, and we knew that we needed to find a new community. We needed to do some deep tissue massage. <laughs> but I remember meeting with Pastor Joe and Rhonda after we had gotten um, a little more involved in the church and were coming regularly. You know, they want you to take classes and get involved and become members. And so we met with Pastors Joe and Rhonda, and they asked us what our dreams were. I get a little emotional talking about this because I had no dreams because I wasn't healed. I was so insecure and still living in fear that I told them everything I wouldn't do, everything I didn't want to do when they asked where we would like to serve. I said, I'm not going to come to two services, so I probably um, will just show up second service, and if I have to sit, fine. If I serve, fine, but I'm not going to come to more than one service. I told them I wasn't going to serve in children's because I had girls of my own, and they were the only kids I liked. <laughs> and I told them, don't ever ask me to teach or speak. <laughs> so see what God can do. <laughs> but... I've learned that my testimony is not one of even abuse or divorce, but one of a broken heart that God put back together. For years, I had allowed the enemy to keep these insecurities and fears, set them in my heart, and shut the door. God knew everything that I had been through and what I needed to do about it, but God's a gentleman, so he will knock on the door and wait for you to answer. He doesn't barge through. And a lot of us probably have testimonies of all that God has brought us through already. But the part we often struggle with, I think, is our heart condition. I think that we can go about our daily activities in our families and still have issues going on in our hearts. It's an easy thing to hide, right? You just put a smile on your face and keep one foot in front of the other. But tonight, we're going to look at let God search our hearts. Let's guard our, guard our hearts so that we can open them. Because this is how God is going to get us where we need to be, to the next level of growth. And if you're already good, then this isn't for you. So just maybe it's just a tune-up. <laughs> but let's read Psalms 139. David tells God the following. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. When we tell God who already has created our hearts and who knows everything about us, it's not we're not asking him to search our hearts so that he can find out where we're at. It's so that he can make known to us where we're at, where we're in need. What area are we keeping hidden? Where are we struggling because of past offenses? Where have we stopped moving forward? Where have we lost our dreams? 
we need to let, let God come in and make known to us any area or sin that is keeping us from living the full life he's intended for us. What is keeping us from healing, from thriving? And we need to regularly ask him to search our hearts because this is not a one-time thing that's done at salvation. This is something that we need to go back to and ask God, let it be fresh in your mind. God, just search my heart regularly. Because if we can go back to the image of the home, we're not asking God to just come and stand in the doorway and look in or peek in the windows. We need him to regularly open the door to every room, even the dirty bathrooms. We need to let him and show him what is in there. The storage rooms, <laughs> the dirty laundry. He's the great designer of our home, our heart. So let him back in to make adjustments, to update, right? To redesign and rearrange a few things. And as you find things starting to come off balance again, you go back to this and make it your prayer. Search me, God. Come in, and I'm letting you. I want you to rearrange some things. And then after he comes in and sweeps through and searches and renews it, we need to make sure that we've learned that there are some things now to guard. Right? Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart because everything flows from it. Everything, it says. <laughs> we guard our houses, right? We put locks on the doors, locks on our cars, our devices have key codes, thumbprints. We do this with our iPads, our tablets, everything. But do we do it with our hearts? What do we look at? What are we listening to? And sometimes we say, well, how? What is a guard for your heart? How do I do this? The best one I've found is truth, the word of God. Does what I'm facing, does what I'm dealing with, does what I'm looking at, what I'm listening to, line up with the word of God? If I let this in, does it stay in line with the truth that God has for my life? Or does it compromise his standards? Ask yourself, will this damage the good work that God has already done on my heart? Because truth will come into the side of your heart and say, let's not let this in any further. If we use wisdom, wisdom stands with truth at the doorway to our heart and guards not only what could come in, but it protects what's inside already, the good things that God has put in there. Because if you go back to the image of the house, when you put a lock on your door, you're protecting what's, in, what's valuable to you inside, right? God wants to protect what he has already deposited in you. He's come in and rearranged and made some improvements in your life. So why would he want something else to come in and compromise that? Guard your hearts. And if you're saying, maybe I don't know what the truth is, then we need to get into the word more. Because there is an answer for everything in the word of God. The Proverbs 16 says, the wise in heart are discerning about what they hear. And it's going to take guts to ask God to search your heart. Because then there's going to be some things you're going to have to do. Right? They're going to have to eliminate maybe some unhealthy things. Some TV shows, some music, some friends. It's going to have to 
create some new healthy habits probably in your life or put up some new boundaries. When we've asked God to search, we've put the gates of truth up. God's going to move. He's going to move in our lives when we can do these things. He's going to start opening your heart. We're going to look at a passage in Acts. And what excited me so much about this passage was what God can do with just one heart that was open to his word. We're in the book of Acts in chapter 16, and I really like to paint a picture, and I like background, because I like to know that these people that we are reading about in the Bible, I like it to sink in that they were real people, real people that lived in these times dealt with similar, similar things, similar situations as us. There's nothing new under the sun, right? So here is some background to the details of Acts 16, which was written by Luke, who was with Paul on his second missionary journey when he came into the city of Philippi. And Philippi was a major city in Greece, and there wasn't a synagogue that had been built yet because the people were meeting at the river to pray. And this is the river. I found a picture. It's called the Crenides River. And so I'm not sure how it looked back then, but this was a current picture of the river still there. So this is where the people were meeting. The ladies particularly were meeting to pray. Now you're going to hear the name Lydia. She was a dealer of purple cloth, it said. Purple cloth was as valuable as silver then. It was expensive and a sign of nobility or loyalty. And because it says she was a dealer, and it doesn't mention a man, theologians believe that it meant that she was probably a widower, and now she was running this, um, the business. So she was an influential woman, and it was very rare for a woman to be in that position. So now that you have a little bit of a scene in your mind of where this took place, and a little bit of background about Lydia, we're going to read Acts 16, 13. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. Okay. First, it says that Lydia was a worshiper of God. So we know three things about Lydia. She was influential, she was a worshiper, and she went to prayer. <laughs> so the position she puts herself in, now God's going to work. She's opened herself up. She is in prayer and worship, and it says the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. God wanted Lydia to open her heart not just to hear, but to respond. And she did. Because the next thing in Scripture, she and members of her household were baptized. Lydia heard the word of God spoken by Paul and responded. She took action in the kingdom. But the cool thing is, first she was baptized, she then persuaded her household to be baptized. Come on, she's like, if you're living with me, you're going to the next level, right? 
She was bold. After Lydia's conversion and baptism, she then insisted that Paul and his friends came to stay at her home. She invited. She welcomed them. And another thing that I noticed, she says, if you find me to be a believer. Some translations say a woman of faith. It was important for her to know why she was offering a meal and place to stay. She wanted them to respect and honor her. There's no funny business. And they had to make that clear in those days. No funny business is going to happen at her home, right? And they judged her to be a true believer because she did persuade them to stay. We even see that they must have trusted her fully because after they were sentenced to prison and released, which is a whole nother sermon, it says that that is where they returned. In verse 40, it says, after Paul and Silas came out of prison, they went to Lydia's house where they met with the brothers and sisters and encouraged them. Then they left and continued on their journeys. So what we see here is a heart that was opened by God to receive the word. It was a heart that took action for the kingdom. And God shows us that when we allow him to do the work, to work deeply on our hearts and respond, he will do great things. Historians record this home as the first Christian church in Europe. What? (laughs) And then another cool thing, later in biblical history, we discover there is a church in that name I couldn't say, Tiatria. They mention it in Revelations. Paul never visited that city in his missionary journeys. We have no record of who might have established that church, but a lot of historians believe it was Lydia that she took the word back to her hometown. So you see, the enemy would love for you to keep your heart closed and small. He would love for you to keep it closed and hurt because he doesn't want you to know that when you do this, when he searches your heart, when you guard it with all the goodness that he's already done, that you have an extended reach and an extended capacity for his kingdom. One that you haven't tapped into yet. So let God search your heart. Ask him to begin new works in you. He's a God of healing, restoration, redemption. He's looking for people that are going to open their hearts fully to him and then to others. Because all that he's given us is to pass on, right? To grow his kingdom. There are people who need your generosity, that need your kindness, that need your openness. How much further can a prayer that was prayed for you go and impact someone else? In the kingdom, what's mine is his, and what is yours is to give to others. But our hearts need to be open. I want you to stand with me now, and I want you to connect this commitment with a physical action. So stand with your hand on your heart. I want to challenge you this week to ask God to search your hearts, to apply truth as the guard to the challenges you face this week, and to then extend your reach, knowing that God is with you. Because love should always be the starting point to advancing the kingdom of God. And it starts with opening your heart. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord Jesus, right now. I ask you to search our hearts, Lord. 
search our hearts, Lord Jesus, for anything in there, Lord Jesus, that is not of you. Lord Jesus, anything, Lord, that is hindering us, that is putting up roadblocks, that is hurting us, Lord Jesus. I just thank you, Lord Jesus, for caring so much about us, Lord Jesus, that you've given us the wisdom to seek you, Lord Jesus, that you've given us your word, Lord Jesus, for instruction in our life, for the truth in our lives. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for helping us to open our hearts to those who need it, to opening our hearts, Lord Jesus, to your words, to your truth, and then helping us, Lord Jesus, guiding our steps as we go out to grow the kingdom of God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you bless everyone that's here tonight, Lord Jesus, with fresh peace, fresh strength, Lord Jesus, fresh wisdom, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for all that you are doing at Bridge in each of these hearts, Lord Jesus. In your precious son's name, amen. It's so good to be with my family tonight, to be with my parents, and also to be with our church family. And I know so many of us are going to apply that word to go home this week to say, God, search my heart, right? I want to have that open heart surgery. I want you to go in and guard your heart so that he can transform it. Such an amazing word, and we're so glad that you were here tonight. Stay connected this week, and we hope that you have an amazing week. And then we have Sunday service with Pastor Jeff Hennigan, and that's going to be amazing. So we're going to say this bridge declaration together. Believe it and speak it over your life, and then we'll be dismissed. I am a bridge builder. This is my season of favor. I am blessed to live my best. I will choose to love him first. I will worship fully, love deeply, and my community will thrive because I am praying for it. I am a carrier of peace. I will represent God's gentleness to myself and others. I will live out his gospel. I am blessed to live my best because I am a bridge builder. We love you, Bridge Fam. We are so glad that you joined us today. If you made a spiritual decision today, whether that be dedicating your life to Christ for the first time or rededicating your life to Christ, email us at info at wearebridge.church and let us know you made that spiritual decision. Also, if you are joining our Bridge Church online family for the very first time, we have a special gift for you. Email us at info at wearebridge.church to share some information so we can get that gift out to you. We're so happy that you joined us today and we can't wait to see you soon. Make sure to stay connected because we are so much better together. Thank God.